This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, where we catch you up on the news of the day, pop culture, and... So much more, plus some fun music in between right here on Channel Q. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, this weekend was long. Can we talk about long. something? It wasn't long enough. No, it wasn't long enough, actually. Sometimes you just need a weekend to recover from your weekend. But right. let's talk about how, as an adult, how important your calendar is. I had to learn the hard way, and now you are too, my young friends. Um, first of all, I know how important. <laughs> I'm very organized, actually. I'm probably... I didn't used to be this organized, but I feel like I'm pretty organized. But... I had a, a flub up this weekend where we were, uh, me and some friends, uh, including Shira. Yeah, I was part of that. I dealt with the impact. We were supposed to go to brunch, and I thought it was going to be Saturday, but I looked back. It was actually for Sunday, but I had told Shira and another friend to show up there on Saturday, and I was on my way, and Shira arrived I was already so there early. eating there really I don't early. know why she got there so early, but I'm happy she did in hindsight because she found out that it was actually actually scheduled for the next day and brunch was canceled brunch was canceled and it kind of ruined my day because i felt so embarrassed i was like oh my god normally i'm so good at this like why did this happen to me i was i was surprised i was a bit disappointed in you right i'll screw you uh, but yeah i mean also <laughs> to be honest weekends the are- amount of time that shira s <laughs> up Wait. all the time over her her own schedule, but, yes, yeah, but so it doesn't impact times. you. So don't, I don't tell you. When to we be do places. the show, it does impact us. So this is the thing it on a weekend. It's a bit us. different on a weekend because I feel like weekends, like the, our time, is so precious. Yeah, sure, and so sure. and including when you live on different sides of the city in LA, it's like being in different worlds. Nobody told you to live all the way out. In, and uh, so you know when I plan my day around coming Venice. to a part of the city. But anyway, you know what? she's not invited to the next one. So she I wants hope to complain. I am. She's not invited. <laughs> she wants to complain. She I never complained about her times, but now, you, just you know. Did. Yeah, I did. But uh, I did it to prove a point. And you, and you do in other times. <laughs> but listen, I was like, whatever. I always say when things like that happen, there's a re- there's a rhyme to the reason. There's yeah. a reason behind the chaos. True. I just felt so bad. I didn't want to waste anyone's time. Well, but, thank you for acknowledging You know, that. it was uh, it was intense. I can't believe I messed up in that way. But never yeah. Again. Just Okay. Make sure you, you got your calendar and, and, and by your hand and everything's right in your calendar. Because it wasn't my calendar. It was just wrong in my calendar. Do it right away. Google, Google Calendar is my best friend. Can I do an open call for an assistant? Oh, yeah. Slide that. into his DMs at the Slate God. I need one too. Maybe we could share one. No, we can't share everything, Shira. I mean, it's cheaper. <laughs> 
True, say. Actually. True. <laughs> Practical. True. Coming up on the show today, more on the 22-year-old that could become the first out driver in NASCAR history. How cool is that? Plus, we've got some Benifer news in the T-Report. That's uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck, if you're not up with the, you know, things. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden have recorded a special pride message for the LGBTQ community. As June marks the anniversary of the Supreme Court decision delivering marriage equality and protecting LGBTQ employees from discrimination. And above all else, Pride Month stands for love. Make no mistake, we still have a lot of work to do to ensure that everyone enjoys the full promise of equity, dignity, and protection. And that's especially true for trans people and for LGBTQ people of color. But we're making progress in executive orders and federal laws and and, and representation and hearts and minds. This administration, our administration, is always going to have your back. We're going to fight to pass the Equality Act and build a better LGBTQ life for young people. Okay, love that. All good stuff right there. You want to know my thoughts? Oh, of course. You're here for a reason. It was cute. It was whatever. I I do got to give a big, um, uh, super, super special mention to VP Kamala Harris. Uh, She was the first VP in history to walk in a Pride pride march this weekend in Capitol in D.C. Capital Pride, it was. So cool. And so that was a pretty big deal. Um, but they actually got to do more things in these videos. I don't, you know, I don't really care about them saying all this stuff. They need they to do something. Some it would have been cool if they were out of Pride. Well, yeah, I guess. Get them to a Pride. I, I think that's even bare minimum. Like, do something, like, legislation-wise. What, yeah, that's being done, to too. Activists. It all needs to be done. Yeah, but that don't say that and dismiss it like that. It's very important. I agree. It's lives on the line. I know. Lives. So we just want to give a warning to our 1031 FM listeners in Palm Springs. Shout out. What's up? And everyone else listening across California, Riverside County. Starting today, there's going to be a heat wave, y'all. Be careful out there. And it's expected to rise temperature quickly throughout the week. The heat in the Coachella Valley could reach 118 tomorrow, 122 on Friday. That is not human. I mean, how are you supposed to survive that? So just stay inside, drink lots of liquids, stay out of the sun, check on your relatives and neighbors, don't keep young children and pets in cars. I mean, you should know these things. But uh, that was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. Oh, the news that you really care about. It's all things Benifer. I got all the details. And honey, let's just say it's getting steamy. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So I don't know about you, but I've been glued to my phone ever since uh, I saw Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez caught making out at dinner. I mean, two Leos. They love an audience, don't they? They appeared crazy in love with each other during a steamy, smooch-heavy dinner at Nobu in Malibu on Sunday. Oh. Um, although Page Six was told that they were just joining JLo's family uh, for her sister's um, 50th birthday, the on-again flames appeared to only have eyes for each other. In one photo, Lopez can be seen pulling Affleck in close as she clings to his shoulder, and he moves in for a sweet kiss. I mean, <laughs> they locked lips, and they did not care if anyone 
saw. It, it was one of those moments where they were like, okay, let's make this the announcement. Let's do this. Benefer is real. We are back at it together. And it's um it's quite wild. Um, so maybe we'll post those photos over on LGT Show on our Insta store. You can go check it out so you can see what I'm talking about because it is steamy. That's your T Report, though. I got more coming up next hour. Okay, now uh, coming up on the show, what you need to know about the latest COVID variants and what states are most vulnerable, that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A dangerous coronavirus variant is on the rise and it could cause outbreaks in states with low vaccination rates. Back with us is Dr. Amesh Dalja, an infectious diseases expert. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell us more about these variants, also known as Alpha and Delta. So we've been talking about variants for some time, and they had very confusing names like 117 and 1351 and uh, 617. And they also had other names like the UK variant or the South African variant or the Indian variant. So what happened was the WHO, to try and make it easier to talk about these variants and also to make it less stigmatizing to the places where they were discovered, just change their names to alphanumeric, uh, to alpha, uh, Greek alphabet, not letters. So alpha, beta, gamma, delta, iota. And what we're talking about with the alpha variant, that's what was once called the UK variant, which is a more contagious variant that's come to dominate uh, in many countries. And then the delta variant was the variant that was first described in India. And that seems to be even more contagious than the alpha variant. And it's one that people are worried about getting a hold in unvaccinated populations. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of worries that this the Delta variant will probably take over as kind of the dominant strain of coronavirus in the U.S. So I wonder when there is there's 52.4 percent of Americans who have who have received at least one dose of vaccine, but only 43.4 percent have been fully vaccinated. Does that worry you when we hear that the Delta variant could kind of take over as this dominant strain here in the States? I think it's probably inevitable that the Delta strain outcompetes the Alpha strain and becomes the, the main version. But what I think is important to remember is if you've got your high-risk population vaccinated, meaning people above the age of 65 and about 75% plus of those are fully vaccinated, you're going to see cases with the Delta variant, but they're not going to translate into hospitalizations and deaths. We've kind of decoupled those two phenomena because we vaccinated so many of our high-risk individuals. I do think that the Delta variant will be disruptive to places like Mississippi, for example, where the vaccination rate is low. We don't really know what their natural immunity rate is from prior infections. But I don't think we're going to see hospitals go into crisis again. I think it will be uncomfortable, and I think it's something that we need to work to prevent. And the prevention is very easy. Just get vaccinated. Yeah, and what's the difference in terms of the symptoms or what happens with these variants? There's a lot of controversy over whether or not the Delta variant produces more severe illness. There are some reports Um, from China and from the UK saying that this might be occurring, but nothing definitive. We know for sure that it is more contagious, but we don't know for sure that it's more serious. But we do know that if you're, it doesn't pose a problem to you. So this is really why people need to go and get vaccinated, especially the second dose of those uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Two doses work a lot better against the Delta variant than one dose does. 
Yeah, and there's even, um, there's so much information that I feel like continues to come out that can be really overwhelming. Like, there's new information that says the uh, heart inflammation in young people could be due to all of this behavior, and, and also people who have received second doses of Pfizer and Moderna. So how true are these kind of new statements coming out, and, and what should people be on the lookout for? Should we be worried, especially does that help with vaccine hesitancy when it comes to that, hearing that? Well, I think people should be reassured that everyone is taking safety very seriously when it comes to the, these vaccines. And with the heart inflammation or myocarditis, what, what we know so far is that there has been some speculation or some hypotheses generated about after the second dose of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines, young adolescents, so adolescents or young adult boys usually or men may get heart inflammation. Most of those cases are, are mild, although they do sometimes require hospitalization because people take myocarditis seriously and and, I, and it's going to take some time to actually unravel it and some people are saying maybe we should delay the second dose in in that age group uh, because of because of this risk but i think it's still premature to do that i think it's something to think about there's a lot more information that we need but i think when you make a risk benefit calculation the vaccine still comes out ahead even with this rare risk of myocarditis just like it did when we were talking about blood clotting disorders in johnson and johnson and i think we have to remember that we're in a pandemic and this vaccine is very very beneficial um, to the person receiving it. So I, so I do think that uh, in the end that this will be something that I think is a, is a manageable risk and, and one that I think is outweighed by the benefits of the vaccine. And is this something the CDC is getting involved with or they're just relying on local leaders to handle like governors and uh, we've even seen mayors talk about these incentive programs still? Uh, well, when it comes to vaccine hesitancy, uh, a lot of that is being driven um, by at, at the state level where there are lotteries, where there might be perks, as well as uh, as well as with local with private businesses doing this on their own. But we have seen some efforts from the federal government working with, for example, the dating websites or working with with beer, uh, the, the beer in a shot program and working with Uber and Lyft to try to get people incentives. So it's kind of an all hands on deck approach to get as many vaccines into people's arms as possible. Okay, they're still not hitting uh, the hippies who refuse to get these vaccines. It's like the Republicans and the hippies. And then also, obviously, others, uh, BIPOC communities who have a lack of trust in the medical system. So I feel like there needs to be a multi-pronged approach here. Right. Vaccine hesitancy isn't just, a, it's not like, it, it's, it's not monolithic. There's many different varieties of it. Because, for example, if you look at Mississippi, which is the lowest vaccinated state against COVID-19, it's the highest vaccinated state when it comes to the MMR for children. So this is very different than vaccine hesitancy that we've dealt with in the past. So you've got to kind of figure out what, what's driving an individual's vaccine hesitancy and try and meet them where they are and try and dispel whatever myths they might have uh, inadvertently swallowed and, and also just try to make it as convenient and as easy for them to get vaccinated. And I think the new CDC guidance about what vaccinated people can do that they can go back to their pre-pandemic life, that's very helpful. Uh, yeah. I think we, we need to continue doing that and showing people how this vaccine benefits their personal life. Okay, well, that was Dr. Amesh Adalja, infectious diseases expert. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. Coming up, what House Republicans are trying to do to censor the Democrats in the squad. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. House Republicans introduced a resolution today to censor and condemn Democrat representatives Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, basically, uh, they're known as the squad for what they call, quote, defending terrorist organizations and inciting anti-Semitic attacks across the United States. Joining us right now is Akbar Shahid Ahmed, who's a Washington-based senior reporter with HuffPost. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what spurred this latest move? So Congresswoman Ilhan Omar last week made comments about the International Criminal Court specifically where she talks about investigations that the court is doing. Republicans and conservative pundits seized on that and said what she's doing with talking about these investigations is saying that the U.S. and Israel, crucially, are just like the Taliban and Hamas, other groups that the ICC is investigating. Now, that's definitely not what she said, um, but this got picked up in the conservative kind of Twitter sphere and soon lawmakers began attacking her. And then she, by the way, responded to that after clarifying what she had said. She did, right. So she said, I was talking about the court's investigations and of course I condemn, you know, terror groups. And they're not in any way equivalent to democracies. However, because of the conservative outrage that had been kind of manufactured there, a number of her fellow Democrats came out swinging against her 12 House Democrats, which is a pretty significant number. Um, And that kind of made this a much bigger news cycle. Yeah, I think what's frustrating is to see the prominent Democrats kind of also hopping on the train that Republicans are kind of creating in this this new cycle in some ways. How is that helping Republicans kind of win this this moment of taking and and just coming at, you know, and targeting Elon Omar and all of these all of the squad basically? Yeah, it's, it's definitely an instance of taking the bait, you know. Um Elon Omar of course has been a favored Pokemon, so has AOC, um, so has Anna Presley, and all of these people are people that former President Trump told to put, go back, right? And the root of this comes down to where you're un-American. Mm. Um, because there's a number of people who criticize Israel, right? Mark Lucan, Bernie Sanders, Betty McCollum. These, of course, are not <laughs> women of color lawmakers. So it's interesting that the new Republican legislation specifically calls out these women. And what it does um, in the Democratic Party is it fuels infighting. So it fuels the sense of Democrats can't agree on anything. Maybe Democrats are radical. Uh, and it really pits centrist Democrats against the left in a way that you know, doesn't have to happen. Yeah, and it seems like they want Pelosi to go against them as well, even though she even said on CNN that uh, Congresswoman Omar is a valued member of our caucus and that she clarified, we thanked her, end of subject. Uh, So do you think, besides all the reasons you mentioned, do you think they're also trying to get back at Democrats for stripping Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments and obviously her endorsing conspiracy theories, racism, violence, they're trying to create like the same example on the Democrat side with Omar. 
I think that's a great point, Cheryl. Yeah, they're trying to create equivalence, right, between someone who has endorsed QAnon, a clearly false conspiracy theory that has driven actual violence with Ilhan Omar, you know, who has condemned anti-Semitism, violence, prejudice consistently. Um, and you're seeing Democrats now, what, what's been kind of encouraging today is you're seeing some of the same Democrats who enabled the Republican attacks against Omar last week come back and say, hmm, maybe now we see what's going on here. So, for instance, Brad Schneider uh, of Illinois, who led the charge against Omar, told me that he's going to be introducing a measure targeting Marjorie Taylor Greene. So they do want to shift the spotlight back to, okay, Republicans are trying to draw this equivalent. Let's show you who Marjorie Taylor Greene really is versus who Ilhan Omar is. So are we ever going to be able to find a way to talk about Israel and everything kind of happening without it being attacked as like anti-Semitic and and actually having the necessary conversations to move forward? I mean, that is such a great question um, for a higher pay grade. Um, (laughs) I think that I think that lawmakers um, starting to have this conversation does make a difference. And um, as in so many of these instances, you know, People of color, women of color in particular, who raise these points will be harshly attacked and singled out. So the allyship like Betty McCollum, like Bernie Sanders, who have the credibility and can say, Bernie can say, you know, I would have been the first Jewish president. Uh, Betty McCollum obviously is not targeted in the same way as being a white woman. I think the fact that you're getting this kind of cross-racial alliance building on these issues does change the conversation. Um, and and awareness, right, has just grown so much relative to, say, the 2014 Gaza conflict. The 2021 Gaza conflict drew a lot more attention um, and condemnation from Democrats. Definitely. Well, that was Akbar Shahid Ahmed, who's a Washington-based senior reporter with HuffPost. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Cheryl. Coming up on the show, is it okay to work while high? Yes, we are switching gears. Why this Burger King employee is sparking a debate. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A viral TikTok of a Burger King employee allegedly high at work has sparked a debate about addiction and hourly labor. So here's what went down. This footage was posted of this Burger King employee apparently nodding off while prepping food. The text over the video says, this is why it takes so long and it's always effed up. Manager just, just walks by letting dude high on that whatever keep it keep making y'all food i had to quit so it's gotten over a million views already and the comment section is pretty nuanced because it's having a conversation about diction hourly labor and also i think this idea with legalization of cannabis like what is appropriate in terms of um, i don't think some people were saying that. that it wasn't necessarily cannabis it was like something, oh, something else yeah but my thing is i don't know why a lot of times i i think we should we should have those necessary conversations about like one the culture of working in fast food industry, the lack of uh, in, like employment, like payments and all of these things. Like there could be so much happening in this employee's life. Whoever one was kind of recording this and uh, yeah, maybe it's not okay to be on drugs at work, but I, I think why embarrass this person and to make a point in this way when really we could have a, a really great conversation about mental health issues, rehabilitation and other conversations that are surrounding why people have to work these tireless, thankless jobs, often just to make a living wage. And even then, not even making it. And so for me, I I was offended by seeing this person kind of record this person instead of being like, how about I actually take this person to the back and ask them what's going on privately? Did you just need 
the TikTok moment. It's gross. Yeah. So here's the thing with where we're at. A lot of times there are points made and that are valid using TikTok and social media. But I feel like we're, we're stopping to be humans, right? And like taking action in real life. Like what you just said, you made a really good point. At what point are you going to try to go viral to make your point versus help that person? You know, you're yeah. like documenting this. And yet you just left that person high and dry. And by the way, it probably embarrassed them if they ever find, see this. No, actually, can I tell you, we talked about it earlier in the show where the whole brunch uh, scandal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, on my way to you all, I didn't uh, say anything, but on my way to you all, I was at a stoplight in Hollywood and I saw some random person filming a homeless guy and it was like making a joke about it. And I screamed out in my window, leave him alone. And I just kept going because my thing is just like, what's your point? What is your point for this to go viral for two seconds so you can have a moment? It's just, it feels like there's just, it's just disgusting. It's, 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 we're not having the conversations we need to have to help people. And it's just like, what is the point? That's, that's the side of TikTok that I'm kind of really over. Stop capturing, start caring. Yes. Uh, there you go. That's it. Let us know what you think at LGT shows where you could find us on social media. But coming up, the latest state to take action against conversion therapy. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, we're getting into the microaggressions LGBTQ plus people deal with all the time. How we can all be aware, better allies to each other. Plus an upcoming Hollywood sex scene that is just an odd pairing. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Excited to chat about that. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden shared his thoughts on meeting Russian President Vladimir Putin at the 2021 NATO summit. Allies, that I'll convey to pre- what I'll convey to President Putin, that I'm not looking for conflict with Russia, but that we will respond if Russia continues its harmful activities. And we will not fail to defend the transatlantic alliance Stand up for democratic values. Now, Biden is on his first international trip meeting with world leaders. Last week, he was in Cornwall, UK, and that was for the G7. And the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, otherwise known as the NATO Summit, was held in Brussels today. Now, North Dakota became the latest state to take action against conversion therapy and has approved limiting the practice. The ban prevents licensed social workers from engaging in, quote, any practices or treatments that attempt to change or repair the sexual orientation or gender identity of LGBTQ plus people. And while this is a huge step, it's not a sweeping legislative ban. California will fully reopen its economy and lift most social distancing curbs tomorrow. It's happening, y'all, after having administered more than 40 million vaccine doses. Uh, This, according to Governor Gavin Newsom in a tweet, it's been a long road, but our future is bright. Adding that the state had injected 16 million more shots than anyone else. So basically, from Tuesday on, all capacity and physical distancing restrictions will be lifted statewide, although people who have not been vaccinated will still be required to wear a mask in many indoor situations. Either a negative test or proof of vaccine will be required for indoor events that host over 5,000 people. And that's according to the state's public health department. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? 
Okay. Um, I, you know, when you hear the word sex scene, this is not who I was thinking about would be the two <laughs> to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get into the tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, so it's a little strange. Uh, Chris Evans and Jonah Hill. It's been reported that they are going to be in a sex scene together. Yes, you heard that right together. So Netflix upcoming comedy Don't Look Up is set to feature the, you know, incredibly yummy Chris Evans in his first gay sex scene with Jonah Hill. Um, It's been reported that Chris will be seen uh, giving uh, Jonah oral sex. Wait, what? <laughs> Chris uh, Chris Evans is going to be asking his brother for some uh, really close, um, you know, I don't know. His, he's going to probably ask his brother for some tips on how to True. to show how to, you know, really get into it all on the Jonah Hill. You know, he's got to get into character there. But how does this work? Why, so, why is this needed? Yeah, Chris is going, I guess, apparently it came out, it was like leaked, that it's not going to be like a whole bunch of nudity going on, but there's going to be references to how large some things are on Jonah Hill's character. Oh. Chris Evans is going to be the one, you know, doing the whole moment, teaching us what we all need to know. Um, this movie movie, however, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, as astronomers who must warn the world about an asteroid headed down to Earth. So I don't know how this fits into this, but it does. In addition to the um, uh, to DiCaprio and Lawrence being a part of the cast, it also stars Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, and Ariana Grande. So it's a star-studded movie. I, I don't, I'm still confused on where the sex scene plays a part into it, but I guess we just have to watch because uh, that's really interesting. <laughs> like, is this needed? I mean, it's kind of funny. Is it needed? Who knows if it's needed, to be honest. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't want to ask any questions. I just want to see what happens. And it's a comedy, so maybe it'll be funny. Hopefully well, is that that? Well, that's what I, I was going to say. Is it offensive that like two straight guys is it kind of making fun of? I'm not, like I'm not going straight into that because okay. I just kind of don't really care about it. It's Jonah Hill and Chris Evans. I like it. Let's have fun. You know, yeah, there's conversation there, but I don't, who cares? Um, So out of the tea report, because I'm done spilling there, because um, I got more coming up next hour throughout the show. Story's getting better. But before we wrap up here, during Pride Month, Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with Channel Q and the LA LGBT Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. Text the fridge, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357. That's 20357 to donate to the Pride Pantry. The donations will be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. So, um... Just text FRIDGE to 20357. You get a text message. It's super easy. All happens in less than, I mean, honestly, five seconds you can donate. It's really quick. And that's basically that. Yes, I will be doing that in the break, actually. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, we've talked about microaggressions in the past on the show, but it can be different when it comes to those in the LGBTQ plus community. And here to share more is Patrick Davy Tully, a licensed therapist in L.A. who works with the LGBTQIA plus community. Thanks for joining us for this. Hi. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, no, thank you. We are. uh, You know, I was mentioning how we talk about this a lot on our show as it relates to um, 
racial microaggressions, and we haven't necessarily touched on those uh, that are focused on the LGBT plus community in the past. But why is it important to be aware of this? For example, we have a lot of assumptions about these other topics, and so um, you know when we when we say these when we say these um, uh, kind of microaggressions. To, the, to an LGBTQ um, community member, then it's, it's not perceived as, oh, that's um, okay, they don't understand any better, it hurts us. Patrick, I yeah. think about microaggressions <laughs> of even inside of our own community, right? Uh, especially when it comes to yeah. uh, alienating, you know, uh, people who have disabilities or just people who are people of color, all of these certain things. And it's like, how do we tackle those, those microaggressions in our own community? Because oftentimes that's what, you know, we see. I think it becoming aware of our own thinking and becoming aware of automatic thoughts and not becoming defensive if somebody says, like, oh, you said this, because I'm going to make mistakes, and it doesn't mean that I'm, I shouldn't be called out for those mistakes, but neither should anyone else. And if not, it, it doesn't mean that someone is a bad person. It's just me letting you know and educating you. And I'll- Let's talk about what some of these microaggressions could be so people are aware. But, well, for me personally, in my lived experience, um, I actually have a partial hearing loss, but, um, but also, but um, in terms of the LGBTQIA community, I would say definitely one is the assumption that we have certain um, roles that we play in a relationship. I think oh, a lot yeah. of people can identify with that. Definitely. It's uh, very yeah. true. And by that, I feel like we got to break that down even further. Because for me, I grew up in the South and I felt like heteronormative uh, uh, heteronormative roles most definitely were kind of pushed on into even when I was thinking of like what I wanted my partner to be and, and, and how I wanted them to show up in our relationship. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times, you know, it, it, especially when you're talking to someone who is cis and hetero, they will be like, well, who's the woman? Who's the man in the relationship? Right. And they put on these oh societal goodness. roles on you. And it's just like um that's not how this works <laughs> yeah exactly it's not how it works and it's like it goes all the way to like being the lgbtqia um kind of uh sometimes like if you're in a friend group you're the only one who's in the community and so like people put all these assumptions on you that you are that role in other ways as well and so it's, it's just um it's just that uh, I think people are just being curious and being open-minded is, goes a long way and not asking necessarily um, questions that are closed-ended, maybe asking, just asking about, about, about people as a person rather than as who we assume, like an identity that we have formed in our minds. Definitely. Well, uh, that was Patrick Davy Tully, a licensed therapist in L.A. working with the LGBTQIA plus community. Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope you have a good day. Oh, you Thanks. too. 
Next up on the show, an act of kindness captured and going viral on TikTok. It's next on our Yes Queen of the Day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Reddit has this great thread, am I an a-hole? And we always reference it because let me tell you, the content is there. So this one asks a question about... Have you ever written a story on there? No. Have you ever tried to? I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe you could. You would. Are you? Am I an a hole? Are you being? Uh, you know, uh, what's the? You word? can ask people if I'm being an a hole. <laughs> what should I? What what story should I bring up? I'm I mean, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! So uh, let's talk about this one. This Reddit person said, "My fiance works in the tech industry and makes a very good amount." For our engagement, my fiancé ended up picking the most perfect ring for me. It was expensive. He refused to tell me the exact price, but basically it was upwards of $40,000. We plan on having an engagement party with our closest friends. So this person wanted to invite her friend Amy. and She says, Amy and I met at work and have been close friends for four years. Amy is young, single mom, has struggled financially. And throughout the years, this person has offered her a lot of financial support, including paying for meals, trips, her daughter's school trips, gifts, etc., well, this engagement ring, she basically said this. It looks like at least 50000 Don't you think it's kind of um, bad to spend that much money on a ring? Even a fifth of that money could have been pulled uh, a family out of poverty. So she pulled that card and he could have donated half of that to a nice charity, probably saved many lives. What do you think of this? Was Amy, this friend, in the wrong for bringing all this up? She obviously got triggered and decided to rain on her diamond parade. <laughs> Um, oh, that's interesting. Yep. Uh, I don't even know. Where do you, what do you think? Where do you fall into this? I feel like I get what she's saying, but it's kind of like not on her to create this moral lesson. Like if her friend is doing that, it's up to her. It's like how they get to spend the money they, the way they want to. And I don't think that's right to project your own anxieties and cares about money onto someone else. I would do one thing. You would do another. We can't expect everyone to do do the same things. Yeah, that's true. And like, my thing is, I don't know why there are some like friends that think they can like control your actions. Like they want you to react or do things in the way that they would do them. But guess what? That's not realistic. We're all humans. You know, slavery is a thing of the past. 
Mm. Well, it's on place. Yeah. Um, well, she, you know, this person said rich, uh, rich people surprise me sometimes. So then she said she was hurt by this and thought it was disrespectful, and she doesn't want to invite her to the engagement party. I anymore. wouldn't. My thing is, first of all, if you are rich, I know a lot of people hate rich people, but I also still feel like you know people uh, if they've earned their money and they've gotten themselves the to a, a place where they're financially great, they can do whatever the hell they want to do with their money. And guess what? If they were spending it on you, then you would probably be happy. Well, you and then she has. Yes. Like, that's why I'm like, you wouldn't even be like going crazy over it. So my thing is, I don't know. We can't control everybody. That's true. Get well, out of your feelings. If you want some money, then work at it for yourself. Oh my God, that's kind of elitist. Don't, don't repeat. Well, not, but yeah, I didn't say that. No, I'm just joking. Okay, right I said here it. on record. <laughs> you could have empathy and compassion and still treat yourself right. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, how knitting is putting an end to the to LGBTQ plus hate. At least it's trying to. Um, and that is in 15 minutes for all those folks who like knitting and social justice. We have you covered here on Let's Go There. Plus, Caitlyn Jenner is calling out Jimmy Kimmel and she might be right. We'll tell you why in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour, shall we? Let's do it. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff made a stop at Capitol Prize Celebrations in Washington, D.C. How exciting is that? Yeah, I spoke about it earlier. I know. Well, I'm giving you more info. <laughs> According to the Washington Blades, Chris Johnson, and by the way, folks might be just tuning in. So, hello. Here's some new info. <laughs> Harris is the first sitting VP of the U.S. to attend a Pride event. And their visit was not previously announced. It was a big surprise. Harris wore a Love is Love t-shirt and pink blazer as she marched down the street and sang Happy Pride to those waving by passers. Harris stopped and spoke to a crowd also at the celebrations, telling them that they need to continue pushing for the Equality Act. She said this, uh, according to NBC Washington, we need to make sure that our transgender community and our youth are all protected. We need still protections around employment and housing. There is so much work to do, and I know we are committed. Now, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, who's a New York Democrat, said today that he plans to reintroduce a bill aimed at improving sexual orientation and gender identity data collection in violent crimes and suicide. It's called the LGBTQ Essential Data Act, and it would require law enforcement to include sexual orientation and gender identity information in the National Violent Death Reporting System, which is a database run by the CDC that documents violent deaths and suicides and provides information about why they occurred. Now, Maloney introduced the bill in 2019, but unfortunately it didn't pass. But now with Democrats narrowly controlling the Congress, it's more likely that it could. So that is a big step. Now, in ridiculous news, are you ready for this? Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene paid a visit to the Holocaust Museum. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Wait, what? Yes, this I- just happened. That was, and I'm going to play that because we didn't have time to get it. It literally just somewhat broke. Um, where, <laughs> where she apologized for comments comparing vaccine and mask requirements to Nazi Germany. And literally, she like spoke about it. There was a whole somewhat press conference reporters where she apologized and this comes as one of the democrats is trying to continue to call her out and push her out and so she obviously felt this was perhaps going to help because she had it apologized in the past but we'll be telling you more about that 
later on in the show. Any any hot takes on this, Ryan? Not for that woman, especially when she's basically been a Holocaust denier and, and also just uh, saying a lot of uh, anti-Semitic stuff as well. Like, no, ma'am, you can't go on this press tour and try to clean it up. Like, what's... What, how are you going to this museum changing any of your what you said before? Like what? We're we're expecting her of all people to be like, I woke up one morning and she sees the 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 good light at you know, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't I don't trust. So her. I appreciate an apology. It's better than nothing. From her? She could have done it right away. The, the, the bar is on it. the floor. Uh, but then doing it, it's very insulting to go to a Holocaust museum and doing it. The bar is on the floor. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Happy you asked about it because we got to talk. Oh, my God. Jimmy Kimmel made a very questionable joke about Caitlyn Jenner, and she is calling him out. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So referring to her as Caitlyn Jenner Karkrashian, which is hilarious. That is one of the funniest jokes I have ever heard in my entire life. Um, he basically declared that the interview on The View that she was uh, a part of was nonsense before comparing her to fellow Republican former President Trump. Um, now, while sharing side, uh, several side-by-side images of Jenner and Trump, Kimmel decided to say this. Are we sure that isn't Donald Trump in a Caitlyn Jenner wig? Because, I mean, look at this. The resemblance is uncanny. This, I, they really, they've got all the same kind of moves. So right? here's the thing. Um, you know, obviously, when Caitlyn got wind of this, uh, she tweeted this. He obviously believes that trans women are simply men with wigs on. Where is the outrage from the left or LGBT community? Uh, being woke must be optional if you're a Democrat. She then went on to bring up all of, you know, his other problematic stuff that he said in the past. But my thing here is, uh, specifically, is the call is coming from inside of the house. And let's talk about why I feel this way, right? Because Caitlyn Jenner is someone that we have seen already speak out against, um, you know, regular civil rights, even for people in her own community, especially when it came to trans youth. And I, I think it's it's really funny that she kind of wants to be in this space of kind of playing both sides, sitting on the fence, very Humpty Dumpty-like. But guess what? Humpty fell off that the fence and broke himself, right? That's how the story went, right? Yes. He fell off the fence mm -hmm. and broke in half and became like scrambled eggs or something. I don't know. Either way, I just know, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's joke, um, when it when you're thinking about trans folks, I understand why that was a little problematic. Um, I don't know if Kimmy, uh, Kimmel necessarily meant it in that way, um, especially hearing that joke. But I, I do think Caitlyn cannot play in the uh, on the in the middle of the fence she's gonna have to pick a side and pick the right side because my thing is you can't try to be standing up for lgbtq folks while also standing on the side the wrong side of history when they're tearing them down and doing whatever they can to not even recognize their humanity i'm sorry girl you just cannot it's, do it's it it's very hypocritical it's hypocritical it's not okay and kimmel needs to learn how to make better jokes even though you know it's more that like yeah. she's doing what donald trump does he could have said that versus looking yeah like it was intense well if you let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show because we want to keep that conversation going. I really would love to know your thoughts on this. <laughs> Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for more stories and I got another T-Report story coming up next she hour. She could uh, He could have said like that's his twin sister. You know? Anyway. Okay. Coming up. How this hashtag Hat Not Hate is helping put an end to LGBTQ plus bullying. That's next. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hashtag hat not hate has been using knitting to put an end to LGBTQ plus hate and bullying. Love this. And here to tell us more is another Shira, Shira Blumenthal, founder of hashtag squared in the building. Hat not hate and brand ambassador for Lion Brand Yarn Company. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about How Not Eight. Yeah, definitely. Well, we love what it's all about. So tell us. Wait, can I ask a serious question? Oh, here it goes. A serious (laughs) question. Um, Do do your hands hurt? Because you're knitting, right? Yeah. Uh, well, not not right now. My hands are my hands are not hurting me right now. I just wanted to I know. Don't... She might have blisters. <laughs> well, let's give some context. All right. So, Shira, tell uh, tell yeah. us more about how this all got started and what it's all about. Yeah. So basically, Hot Not Hate is an anti-bullying campaign where I ask knitters and crocheters and loomers and makers all around the world to make blue hats, blue because blue is the anti-bullying color. They make these blue hats, they send them into me, and they can find all the information out at hatnothate.org. And then I then send these beautiful blue hats that these makers have made to schools all around the country during the month of October, which is National Bullying Prevention Month. Now, the cool thing is, is that I like to spotlight different organizations along with you know, the whole message of anti-bullying. And because we're not a 501c3, we're just a campaign, I have now had the opportunity of working with It Gets Better, which is an amazing organization that supports LGBTQ plus youth around the world. They're in 20 plus countries, and what they do is just amazing stuff, especially it just empowering youth to tell their stories. And I, I think what they do is wonderful and just that I'm able to come together with them and that they're able to come together with us with hat, not hate. And that on Thursday to Friday, I did something called the Hatathon, where I was up for 24 hours, raising awareness against bullying, raising awareness for it gets 
better and talking about hat, not hate. And we raised $17,000 for it gets better. Wait, where are you live streaming? Live streaming through Facebook, which was pretty awesome. That's pretty great. I I guess my question is, especially because this is such an interesting way of campaigning and and really getting a ton of money involved, knitting and crocheting. Like, how do you fall into that? And how did your, was was it an initial passion of yours to kind of just do it as a little hobby? And then you were like, oh, I want to do something that, (laughs) you know, makes change. Sure. So, So I'm initially the brand ambassador for Lion Brand Yarn Company, which is a family owned and operated business since 1878 and I'm fifth generation in the company oh, wow. and as brand ambassador of the company I um, I am a knitter I'm a crocheter I'm a crafter and I have also um, specialized in teaching children how to knit and crochet and I've learned that you know basically a hat can be as basic or as complicated as you'd like it to be. A hat can be either, you know, a rectangle seamed together, or it can be the most complicated, you know, uh, patterns and designs and words and all the patterns you can think of in a hat. However, I just look for a blue hat and it has to be at least 75% blue. And I, I always say to people, if you have a sheep in your backyard and you shear that sheep and you dye that wool blue and you spin that yarn oh. and you knit it into a hat, I will accept it. That's a lot of work. I, no. <laughs> it is but I appreciate work, it. But it, it, goes, it goes very far because I have to tell you, when you see these kids picking out their blue hats and when you get to tell them that these hats are for them oh. and that it's theirs to keep, and it's theirs that someone in the world made it for them, their eyes light up like you've never seen before. And it is one of the best feelings. And I wish that every person that makes one of these blue hats had the opportunity to see these kids. And you can see them. You can go on to hatnothate.org, and you can go to the Lion Brand Yarn YouTube channel, and you can check out the um, Hat Not Hate playlist, and you can see all the amazing videos that we've done because it's one of the coolest things, I have to say, guys, being a part of this and, and, and just trying to make the change because I myself was bullied. And I just I know that if I can make that little change, if I can be a part of making that change and being a change maker and influencing kids to be just a little bit kinder, then then maybe maybe we can make a change in the world. Oh, I love that mission. And I'm looking on your Instagram right now. They're like, not just a few hats, mountains of blue hats. People, oh, I guess, there's thousands. Yeah, are sending in. Right now, we have over 38,000 blue hats at Hat Not Hate headquarters, and I'm aiming for 100,000 blue hats by August 1st. Oh, Amazing. my God. Can you? I would love a hat. I, I think we're going to donate. We got to do something. To Wait, get so, yeah, hats. how does it work? So, where do people go? They, they send it in a hat, donate. Tell us more. Yeah, so all, all the information, you can go to hatnonheat.org, but basically um, you can make a blue hat. It has to be at least 75% blue. It has to be knit, crochet, or loom made. Okay. It has to be handmade. And then you can send it to the address that can be found on hatnonheat.org, and it needs to be sent in by August 1st. 
And then that will be um, a part of our total amount that then gets sent around to schools all around the country during the month of October, which is National Bullying Prevention Month. Cool. And if you want to donate at, um, or just, I guess, keep up with the fundraisers you do, that's also on the site or the Instagram. So, exactly. If yes. you want to, if you would like to, uh, if you are unable to, to partake in the crafting element of the campaign of mm-hmm. Hat Not Hate, you can always go to our shop. You can um, uh, uh, purchase a sweatshirt. You can purchase a tote bag. And portion of the proceeds of anything in our merchant in our Hat Not Hate merchandise shop goes to It Gets Better. Or you can just go to It Gets Better. Dot org and you can um, make a donation there. Well, yeah, thank you for supporting uh, this community during Pride Month, especially. That was Shira, oh my gosh, yeah, thank you. Shira Blumenthal, founder of Hashtag Hat Not Hate and brand ambassador for Lion Brand Yarn. Have a great night and thank you hey, for your enthusiasm. Shira, I like you more than I like my Shira. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I need to now meet the LA Shira. That's what I need yes, to do. Thank you guys for having me. It's like sister, sister. Well, I'm right so here. busy with you, I can't do things like this. <laughs> you guys are the best thank yeah, you so much and happy pride month thank Bye, you Shira. coming up this 22 year old could become the first out driver to win a race in nascar history more on that next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q at 22 devin rouse is the second out nascar driver but if he wins this upcoming competition an event on July 9th, he could become the first out NASCAR driver to win in the sport's 73-year history. And guess what? Because we go right to the source, we have him here with us today on the show. Devin, welcome to Let's Go There. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Good. You like the music? I feel like I butched up the music a little bit just because of sports. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. Ooh. We're super excited to have you. It's it's really interesting to think about the the NASCAR world and and see someone like you making such strides and, and making history. How has this experience been for you? Because obviously it's just you living your life, but when you're thinking about it on a grand scale, are you taking it all in? Absolutely, you know, and and that's a really good word to use, uh, you know, the the grand scale, because yeah, you get you know you get caught up in the whole everybody doing interviews and and everyone asking you questions, and you see the highlights of your name and stuff, but then you know you still have the you still got to realize you know the the motorsports world and the racing world is it's pretty traditional and uh, you know old fashioned, so you know there's there's still your uh there's still your struggles within it but i will say that you know motorsports as a whole is 100% getting uh getting more um more understanding and more knowledge you know about uh diversity and stuff and you know that you know times are changing and that uh especially me doing what i'm doing you know things are changing yeah and you came out in 2020 at the end of pride month how has life changed for you since Life has significantly changed since then. You know, I, I lived a double life of, you know, hiding who I actually truly was since seventh grade. And, you know, as we sat in lockdown and quarantine and not being able to do anything, I really, really got time to think about myself and, and kind of saw how, uh, how bad my mental health was. You know, my mental health was at an all-time low. I'd really hit rock bottom with it and something needed to happen. And the positive thing that needed to happen was, you know, me coming out. And I did that and... For a long time, I regretted it. Uh, I regretted it actually probably right up until I went and ran Daytona this year. And ever since then, with the outpour, you know, in motorsports world that I've had and just everything else, I don't regret it anymore. It was the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm living my true best life right now. 
I mean, that's absolutely just incredible. The fact that you're you're you went through that journey of like regretting it, and you're able to come to terms of being like you can even admit that, right? Because I mm. think oftentimes people don't really talk about, it, especially us as part of the queer community, we don't talk about our process and our journey in coming out and how complicated and up and down it is. It's not just a simple thing, especially when you have your whole career tied to it. Yeah, and that was, you know, really my biggest struggle in coming out was worrying about altering any future endeavors, you know, that were coming with racing. I had started all the NASCAR stuff right at the end of 2019, and and stuff was really just kind of starting to take off. I went and drove for the first time in January of 2020. I mean, yes, COVID hit and kind of shut everything down, but, you know, I was really making some strides there in the beginning and really didn't want to affect it at all, but, you know... it, it came to the point where it didn't matter whether it affected that or not. Uh, I was ready to be happy in life. That's so amazing. I think so inspiring for others who are looking at what you're doing because you're doing it all very quickly. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I, I look at it and look at the people in Arca and trucks and Xfinity that are, there's some kids that are younger than I am, you know, running full time or running, way significantly more amount of races than I am. And it's like, all right, I'm late to the game. You know, we got to, we got to knock this in overdrive and, you know, really, really make up for some ground. And, and, you know, granted, I am only 22. I'll be 23 next month. So I do have plenty of time, but, uh, you know, I'm ready to get out there. And, and all of this isn't for my career. You know, my end goal is to be able to help people, you know, within our community and understand that me at the platform I'm at, you know, we can overcome obstacles and we can overcome, you know, what's in our head thinking what's right and what's wrong and to show, you know, just live your life. You are who you are. And I want to be that person out there for everyone else that's struggling. Wow. That is huge. That's Look at really that. sweet. Now, okay. I got to yeah. get to the real tea before we get out of here. Just real quick, just real quick. Um, you, I saw a tweet that you, um, you wanted Mr. Colton Underwood to, to date a race car driver. Is that still on the table? <laughs> are you, are you into Mr. Colton? You know, I got to find out the dirt before we got to spill tea before you so, uh, I'll give you some real good tea here. I fly out for Colorado on June 26th, if that gives you any little uh, hint. What? Wait, what? And that's all you got to tell okay. me. You better have fun. Oh, you better oh, have a good give us time. A call. Good for you, love. Love it. Love it. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, I am going out there to hang out with, I'm sure you probably do know who Ryan O'Callaghan is. Yeah, of course. Well, that's probably like the only person I know. <laughs> so I am going uh, out there to spend uh, the weekend and Monday and Tuesday uh, with those guys, and we are Colton's having a big golf tournament, and then a uh, wow. a benefit that I'm going out there for, and then you know we've got a couple days for uh, us to just kind of spend time together, hang out, get to know each other. Oh my god, you know, cute! I seriously can't wait to be a part of your wedding. It's gonna be so or just fun. like the, the exclusive. You know, could come on the show. We'll no. do like a little yeah. dating challenge. See, I'm not trying to make you it a work what? thing. I'm just I'm trying to come forward. out and, and be a part of the open bar. <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting both of them, you know, and, and, you know, obviously, yeah, I mean, we, we all know, cause I put it out there that, uh, you know, I do might have a little, little crush on Colton, but you know, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, really good friendship, I think will be formed. Uh, um, and we'll, we'll see where things go from there, but I'm really looking forward to the event. It's a great amazing. cause. We're proud of you. Yes. Good job. Congrats. Great work. Thank you so much again for being here. Devin Rouse, uh, you can check him out online and watch him uh, drive NASCAR, you know. At yes. Mr. Rouse 16 on Representing. <laughs> July 9th, uh, Fox 1. You will see me uh, running the next NASCAR race July 9th. Amazing. Well, thanks again and best of luck. Uh, thanks for having me. I loved it.
Coming up, why Rihanna's butt-bearing new leggings are dividing fans. Is this a trend we are here for or not? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, let's talk about butt cleavage. (laughs) Sorry, quit the intro. (laughs) Because this is a thing that I've seen around, but, you know, Rihanna is making it official. She has launched these open back crotchless leggings. It's part of her Savage X Fenty collection, uh, where she, of course, she's launched lingerie, loungewear through this line. But this one is causing a little bit of uproar. It's not really crotchless. Well, let's get into it. From the front, the style looks like a pair of just leggings, like high-waisted leggings. Yeah. From the back, there's a crisscross over the butt crack, and basically, it's like totally empty, like there. So, I feel like this this is something I would wear, yeah, on my own, maybe with a, a partner there. I'm not going to just walk around with my housemate with the crisscross leggings over my butt crack. But that's just me. Well, and if that's just you, that means you just don't have to buy it. But I actually think they're very, very cute. They're this, like, lilac color, and um, they look very comfortable. Um, and I think if you have the confidence to wear something like this, you should most definitely. And why not normalize butt crack cleavage? Maybe it's because it's something that I feel like it's just a bit too close for comfort. Does it remind I- you of a plumber? Oh, I think, yes. The plumbers have given it a bad... I don't think it's the plumbers that have. I think it's the society who (laughs) has put the negativity of a butt crack. You know, I think think there can be very hot butt cracks. And then maybe ones that I'm like... "Mm." Who's a hot butt crack for you? I feel like a lot of women have. Like, I don't know any... Well, oh, you didn't just, say your, your boyfriend's butt I think that men's butt cracks are less hot than women's butt cracks. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry. What like, you, why are men's butt cracks less hot? Because um, there's Cause something about them. <laughs> they're just not as like hot as a woman's ass. Really? I mean, guys have overall... When I have them, like, overall, it's like a Mona Lisa from the... <laughs> Bar, it's hot. You get closer and you're like, oh. What's wrong with it? I don't understand. I feel like there's a lot of beautiful butt cracks in the man's side. I'm sure you know. (laughs) All I'm saying is um, I'm not sure. Like, I'm down for thongs, obviously, or like um, bathing suits like that are thong bathing Mm -hmm, suits. mm -hmm. I think just nothing that separates the cheeks. Like, it's just open. It's starting to get into naked territory like you're just like okay that's why it's i guess lingerie but my my not my worry but like imagine people just like you're at a coffee shop and someone's wearing are you're at equinox or something it would be uh and this is more on me would i be distracted i would be a bit distracted distracted. but also like what if i what if you went to the bathroom and you're wiping your butt and and some some toilet paper got left in there all adults everyone should be able to wipe properly here's the thing it reminds (laughs) me of a like a, a a sexy dress that a woman like anyone who would want to wear a dress and it's like it's backless it's not just a little bit of the crack it's backless half of the crack it shows a little bit of the crack no it's half the crack i mean too much crack here's the thing we'll put it on lgt show on our social so you can determine if it's 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 too much crack whack (laughs) (laughs) wow i don't i don't think it's bad it's only 49.95 if you're interested um, it's 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 you pretty cute to me. I'm gonna I wear think one. you judge butt crack. I'm, I'm going to wear one of these for your birthday and I'll see how you feel. <laughs> 
as long as you've wiped properly, I'm going to let you live your life. I want you to look at it, stare at it, enjoy it. You've already said women's butt cracks are the Mona Lisa, so it'll be beautiful. No, men's are. Oh, okay. Get it? Because from the far, from close up. I don't, hey, I don't, wow. Anyway, all right. Uh, at LGT shows where you can find us on Ooh. social media. Let us know what you think. Of but- now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Cleavage. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Now, a Florida college student is being praised as a good Samaritan for giving away his belongings to a homeless man along a roadside. And, you know, we talked about people doing stuff and capturing it for TikTok, but supposedly this was not for a video, uh, but it was captured by someone else. So the student is identified as Jabari Richardson. And it was filmed by TikTok user Amber and Alex as this guy opened the trunk of his vehicle along Interstate 10 in Tallahassee and talked to a man who had held a sign that read, anything helps, God bless. Well, this guy began handing out his clothes and pairs of shoes to the man before driving away. And the TikTok video was captioned. I don't know this young man, but he deserves to go viral. So as of uh, yesterday, the 17 second video has gained more than 5.4 million views. And everyone is just talking about how this kindness gave them goosebumps. And obviously there needs to be more people that do stuff like this and not just do it for the gram, but do it because it's the good thing to do. That's so strange hearing that person to be like, this person deserves to go viral. That is also weird. Like, instead of just like being being like, wow, this this guy is amazing, like send him your love i don't know but <laughs> it's like i guess this is to have the spotlight but right this now. is the way we communicate this no it age. is it's, it's it's modern day uh social media and i think um like i mentioned earlier um that guy that i witnessed making fun of a homeless person on probably on tiktok or social media it just seems like i would rather like to see something like this i would rather like to hear stories being uplifted like this um, versus the other. And so for me, this is an amazing thing, um, especially since it's happening. Well, it, was it in Florida? Mm-hmm. It, it's happening in Florida, and way crazier things have happened in Florida than this. We but need this to amplify the good things. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was our Yaz Queen of the Day. If you want to nominate anyone for a Yaz Queen of the Day or just recommend a story for us to cover on the show, hit us up on social media at LGT Show. And that does it for our show today and for our Monday. Thanks for hanging out here with us on Let's Go There and on Channel Q. We are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And OMG, we are so excited. We've got pop icon Kim Petras joining us tomorrow. Oh, yes, we do. we got a couple pop icons joining us this week. We are celebrating pride the way we should be doing it right here. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, if, if you hopefully you tune in live, but if you want to share the interview, including with Kim Petras tomorrow with your friends or just save it and listen to it after the show, check out us on the Odyssey app. Just search Let's Go There to join our podcast family or, of course, where podcasts are available. We are sending you love and light. 
And honey, remember this line. Now stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris, where he's covering mindfulness in daily life. That's next. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.